Let's kick things off with the Bruins. Um, as I mentioned, we'll be taking on the Senators in Game 2 today. They stole one in Game 1. I did not see that mm-hmm. one coming. They right went out, right out from underneath the Senators. They, they stole that game. You don't get outshot 12 to nothing in a period in hockey and win that game. The 10, if you have zero shots in any period, you're getting slaughtered. And the Bruins were in that second period. They could not figure out the trap. They couldn't figure out a way to get into the to get the puck into the Ottawa zone. And then in the third period, everything just turned around. You know, they figured something out there. They were able to move the puck past that neutral zone trap. It's the most annoying thing ever. It's that 1-3-1 that we actually saw back in 2011 yep. when Guy Boucher coached the Tampa Bay Lightning. Right. And they had a seven-game series against Tampa in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's the same neutral zone trap. It's the 1-3-1. It's the most boring strategy you can implement in a hockey game and I'll tell you what that's why Ottawa lost and it's why they deserve to lose that game and if they keep playing like this going forward they deserve to lose the series playoff hockey is about going full throttle for 60 minutes and that one three one trap is a strategy that you'd lose ultimately what it is is you're always on your heels you're packing it in it's what we used to complain about with Claude all the time He's packing it in too much, but by nature, by playing defense the entire game, the other team is getting scoring chances. Now, they're, they're good at preventing any type of offensive attack, but when, when the puck gets into their own end, the Senators suck. They can be exposed in their own end, and yep. they can't score goals. They were a minus two coming into the playoffs. The only team that was a minus uh, in the plus-minus category coming into the playoffs is the team you're playing against. Right, and the Senators had the Bruins number the entire season. And, of course, you know, over the course of, uh, I would say, two or three seasons now. Um, so it's not out of the, the nature for the Bruins really to have a wake-up call. I think, you know, the the period two was probably the worst period that they played the entire season. That was it's, bad, man. That, that, it was awful. Like, there was no puck movement. There was a ton of errors, um, you know, missed assignments. Um, and it happens. It does happen to play off, like, um, atmosphere. You know, especially with the young team that they have. You know, they of course, they have some veterans, but... You know, on the back end, they you know Brandon Carlo. They have you know McAvoy, who's coming along nicely. So, you you gotta look at this team as you know maybe it is promising. Maybe it's a good thing for them to you know have that type of issue during that type of game. Well, I'll tell you this: in terms of playoff hockey, this was a great road win Incredible. for the Bruins yeah. because oh, yeah. because what you want to do when you're on the road in the Stanley Cup playoffs is. Keep it within a goal. Yep. You know, so Tuka Rask, by the way, can we get like yeah, little you, slow clap yeah. for Tuka? We'll this to guy's taking so he's taking so <laughs> much crap this whole season. You know, and it's justified as well. He he's the last two years he has uh, you know decided he's taken off the bigger the biggest games. It happened again this year that Islanders game. We talked about it at the time. The Bruins were out of the playoff picture. They had lost four straight. Tuca just played his worst game of the year, giving up five goals to Tampa Bay. And then he's out of the Islanders game. You have to put Hudobin in. Now, Hudobin did a great job, obviously. They get that off six wins in a row. But here's where Tuca needs to step up. Because this is what the NHL playoffs are really about. And if you watch any of the other games, the teams with the hot goalies right winning every game. Jake Allen and St. Louis... Just won the St. Louis Blues two games. Mm-hmm. All on his own. He made 52 saves in an overtime win the other night in a 2-1 to one victory. When you have the hot goalie, you're going to win that series nine times out of ten. And, and Dave, I want to allude back to what you talked about. I think it was uh, two previous shows, the Type A versus the Type B. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I saw a mixture of both from Tuca in that game, you know, where he actually, you know, took the, uh, you know, initiative to go and dive for the loose puck or, mm-hmm. you know, to stay in his zone. So he was stationary, but he was a freelancer at the same time. A little more aggressive, definitely. It, exactly. And, and and what I noticed from him was that he was actually fighting through screens to see the puck. Uh, and he, he made a couple great saves down the stretch where I was like, I, I think I was standing with you, Ashish, towards the end. Mm-hmm. One save he made with, like, two minutes left, they got a 2-1. This traffic, and I said to you, I don't even know how he saw that puck. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, and that that's been a knock on Tuca. He doesn't battle. He doesn't fight through screens. Sometimes he's a little too technical with his technique. This was a good blend. It was. He was still very technical. But it's like I said, when when that type of goalie is on his game, he's just as good as the other type. Right. You know, to an extent, it's more consistent because you're trying to remain technical and focused. Conservative. You know, but then you watch Henrik Lundqvist play in game one where he gets a shout-out against the Montreal Canadiens, and you're going, that, it's just unbelievable. The saves that Lundqvist makes, and the, uh, similar with Jake Allen, if you watch him play, you're going, holy crap, what a save. Like, it, But there's something to that because that type of goalie makes the saves look a little more difficult. When Tuka's on his game, every stop he makes looks easy. And that's the sign of a really good goalie. When it, when you're in position, you're in control, you're controlling your rebounds, that's huge for Tuca. And he seemed to be at the top of his technical game, and that allows him to make all the saves that he's got to make. And it reminded me of that Pittsburgh series a couple years ago when they were in the play, when they made that uh, cup run against Chicago. Right. Tuca's at the top of his game right now. You need him going forward. So just for Bruins fan up on Tuca, you're going to be leaning on this guy. He was the best player Although on the ice. It was on justified, Wednesday. though. The criticism that he endured absolutely. during the regular season he was need, absolutely justified. He needs to step up. He needs to step up. He needs to be your best player this series. And probably if you're going to make any sort of run going forward, he's got to be your best guy. Right. And Rask was really engaged throughout that entire game. I mean, even you know during the second period, I mean, he still stayed up on his toes, make sure that you know he was dotting his eyes and crossing his T's on right. all details. And I think it was good that, um, you know, Cassidy put him in a vulnerable position throughout the season to say, you're not that great of a goalie. He basically called him out. Oh, totally. So He he pushed all the right buttons with the goalies. That's what you got to do to get the best out of every player. So is that something that Claude wasn't doing? Absolutely not. Claude doesn't push those kinds of buttons that Cassidy likes to push. And you can see it even with the line changes. His, he, Cassidy, unlike Claude, will change his lines when it's not working. And he'll do it quickly. If something is not working on the ice, he's going to change it Whereas for Claude's it. more stubborn and will just... Claude sticks with his four mm-hmm. lines. His four lines, he rolls them out. They're all the same all the time. And you know what? I, I said it at the time. Claude would have put Tuca in in that Islanders game because he's the best goalie. But you know what? There was still plenty of games left to make up ground. Yes, you were out of the playoff picture, but it wasn't by much. And Cassidy had the balls to go to his backup there and say, hey, to the media. He goes, you know what? When the guy, when this guy's in net, Hudobin, he's a battler. And the, and the players feed off that. Just a little shot in Tuca's direction. You this need guy that. battles. You need that. And, and what happens after that? Tuca wins five straight. He got pissed. He won five in a row after that, yeah. and he got he got back to the things that make Tuca a great goalie. Yeah. So here we are now in the playoffs, and he looks like he's at the top of his game. Bruce Cassidy deserves a lot of credit for the goaltending here because if you remember, the backups were uh, Hudobin was like zero and three yeah. with Claude, 
And he he was six and zero before finally losing that uh, the season finale to Washington. To Washington, yeah. So and Hudobin's not going to uh, see playoff time, you know. So Tuka's the guy you are leaning on this guy to win you this series. And I just want to say uh, another thing because I mentioned great road win. You know he stands on his head, and the players come out there in the third period and they know we're within a goal. When you're Bruce Cassidy going into that third period, yeah, there's adjustments because you got outshot 12 to nothing. So you go over your adjustments and how you're going to beat that neutral zone trap and get some uh, attacking zone time. But you're also saying, just go win the third period, boys. 20 minutes left. You're down one. You need to win the third. No matter what, you win the third, you're at least seeing overtime. And I know it's a small sample size, but you can kind of you know compare it to how the Patriots were down and out you know throughout the entire game you sure. know, through the Super Bowl, and you know somehow the Bruins came back and did the same thing. So I, I guess you know when you when you face adversity, you get the best out of you. Absolutely. And speaking of adversity, just to amplify how gutsy this game one win was by the Bruins. Uh, Brandon Carlo out with a concussion for game one. Tori Krug out with a lower body injury for game one. David Krejci left the game during warm-ups, so now you're short a forward. Colin Miller ended up getting injured midway through the game, so now you're short a defenseman. Uh, Pasternak ended up moving up to that top line. He had a good game, but wasn't able to get any shots on goal, which is crazy because he had two breakaways. Yep. So Pasternak didn't have his best game. Marshan didn't even have his best game despite him scoring that game-winning goal. That was Nasty. right That was right place, right time. The yeah. puck bounced to him, and he had a wide-open net. Rifled it in. But I think Marshan was playing a little timid after, uh, after taking that penalty. Uh, you know, and being suspended for two games, he actually had a penalty called on him. That had no business being called. A little bit of stick work. He ended up going to the box, you know. So, which was BS. What a terrible call by the refs there. But you know that gets that can get in a player's head. Oh, so now anytime I tap a guy with my stick, I'm gonna get called because of my reputation. Which Marshan, you earn that reputation. You do. You know, you earn that reputation. You're gonna get those little ticky tack calls now. So you can't be surprised when Marshan just lays a little finger on an Ottawa senator, especially when you're up at the Canadian Tire Center in Ottawa. You're going to get called now, Marshan. So, but you can't let it knock you off your game if you're Brad Marshan. He's a 40-goal scorer. You need him playing his game. And I heard the sound bites uh, last week, you know, Marshan hitting, you know, the, the guy right in the gonads, you know, with the stick. I mean, they're going to be looking at you, targeting you the entire time, making sure that you're all on your cylinders, you know, playing disciplined hockey because these refs aren't going to take any crap from Marshawn. No way. Forward. Oh, no way. And, we're, and I know uh, we're running out of time in this opening segment here, but the next segment we're going to get into uh, how the Bruins managed to sort of overcome that neutral zone trap that is so frustrating to watch. Um, and it was the 19-year-old Charlie McAvoy. Oh, yeah. You know what? I wasn't expecting him to be out there uh, all that often. Unbelievable. He he was second in time on ice to anyone. That's crazy. Not just second on the Bruins. He was only second on time, for time on ice to Zdeno Chara. And if you look at the stat sheet, it's nothing to write home about. But if you watch the game, this kid's legit. Uh, and he looks I like test. he belongs. Yeah, do the eye test. So, I mean, we're going to get to McAvoy a little bit more in the next segment. But a gutsy win for the Bruins in Game 1. And a win you really need. Obviously, every every game gets a little more amplified in the playoffs. But you can see the hate brewing a little bit. That Borowiecki or whatever his name is on Ottawa. Dirty player. That knee-to-knee hit on Colin Miller. That's your villain right there. So, crap. one game, you already have this blood-boiling hate with Borowiecki. You've got yourself a villain. The hate's only going to build. Did anyone else miss playoff hockey? 
I missed oh it. Oh my god. I missed it. <laughs> like I, I realized that playoff hockey is the best playoffs. My god. In it, sports. It's one of those things where like you know, it's like a movie that you always loved when you were a kid and then you you don't watch it for a long time. You come back, you watch it and you go, "God, I forgot how awesome this movie is." <laughs> the the NHL playoffs. Bruins fans, if you forgot, oh, you got a reminder on Wednesday of how awesome it is. It is the best of sports. It's the best that sports has to offer. And this was game one. Yeah. You you have heart palpitations down the stretch there. Seeing uh, uh, Carlson make a pass to Stone in the slot and Tuca has to make a ridiculous save with five seconds left and a mad scramble ensues mm. and Jack Edwards is freaking out. <laughs> you know? Unbelievable stuff. You, you have to love it. You have to love the NHL playoffs are back in Boston. 603-883-9900. A lot to get to on the show today. God, I love Jack. <laughs> a lot to get to on the show today. The Bruins, the Celtics, of course, Aaron Hernandez, as well as the Red Sox. On the table, it's the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. Don't go anywhere. Think about you know the, the, the ice time or the numbers. I kind of just sit there and, and wait for, for Coach to call my name, and then I just try and bring it every single shift. So, I mean, it's uh, it's it's great to see that they that they trusted me and gave me the ability to, to kind of learn through my mistakes tonight. Did you feel them getting tired on the ice on that long shift when you guys were out there winning battles before you scored? Uh, yeah, I think I think we were kind of tired too. You know, it was a long shift for for both uh, both teams there, and you know just out there with a group of guys like that with a, with a forward line like that and, and Char obviously, uh, you know they were so good at reloading. You know, and we just kept puck after puck after puck, and then, you know, we were able to get that fortunate bounce there, and it turns out to be the game-winning goal, so that was, that was awesome. Was, was there a moment you felt like you kind of settled in, or was it kind of adrenaline the entire time, or did you feel like you sort of settled into it? Uh, no, I think, uh, you know, I think my first shift was a little bit nervous. You know, I ended up hitting, hitting Nash in the butt on a dump in, and kind of got back and, and laughed it off and said, all right, you know, I got that one out of the way. Let's, uh, let's play some hockey. Bruins rookie Charlie McAvoy talking about his NHL debut. Dave, I was telling you, hell of a time to have a debut, right? Like, welcome to the NHL, rookie. We're going to throw you into the ring right off the bat. No pressure or anything like that. Sorry, I didn't put myself on there. No pressure, right? Like, for McAvoy, no pressure at all. He was talking about nerves, too, like that that first uh, shift that he had on the ice. Uh, yeah, he stellar d- beginning there. He did have a turnover in, like, the first two <laughs> minutes of the game, and, yeah. and I think it was the one he was referring to there, but... Uh, man, when he settled in, I was just saying to you guys during the break, you know, uh, when you watch this kid skate, he's a smooth skater. Like, he belongs on the ice. And it looks like he already belongs in the NHL. And that's something, uh, him being a 19-year-old kid, you know, you worry a little bit about the strength. Is he going to be able to adjust to the speed of the game? You're playing against men now who have been here, who have done this. He fit in so well, so smoothly that it's almost concerning. Like you know, you're almost like, "Whoa, right. is this real? And is this legitimate?" And this kid, he's been touted as your best prospect, the next guy on the blue line after Char is gone. And through one game, he is living up to that hype. And how about that? He was put on the top D pairing with Chara. Yeah, which does make sense, uh, you know, because you don't want him to be a defensive liability, and maybe Chara sort of masks. Some of the defensive mistakes that McAvoy might make out there. But it, you know what? He actually ended up being paired with Colin Miller, for, or not Colin Miller, Kevin Miller, Kevin Miller for yep. most of the evening. So, I, I mean, he was fine. He was fine defensively. And the, the best part about it, 
his puck moving ability because this is what this kid was supposed to be. First pass out of your own zone, he's creating the breakout and be, uh, going up against the one three one trap. The first pass, your breakout pass, is the most important in beating the neutral zone trap. So it's not an accident that Bruce Cassidy rolled him out there for 24 minutes and 11 seconds of time on ice, which was the second most to anyone other than Zidane Ochara. He played more than Eric freaking Carlson, who's a Norris Trophy candidate this year. Yeah, you, you saw a lot of tape-to-tape passes with this kid. He's very tactic in, in the sport of hockey. And, and you got to look at you know his strengths and weaknesses early on. Um, I think I love his aggression more than anything. I, I think his only weakness is the fact that he's only played one NHL game. Right. You just don't know. You just don't know. You exactly. Know, so, like, what a, what a great debut for him, but can he keep it going? That's the point, and, yeah. and the thing is, like, going into this series and figuring out, okay, he's going to have to start game one because Krug's out. Uh, Carlo went out with a concussion. You're thinking, all right, just, you know, McAvoy, you're going to have to be there on that third pairing. You might get 10 minutes of ice time. Just don't make a mistake. Just don't screw up. Now it's the opposite. Now you're looking at this kid as the X factor of this series, which is so much to put on his shoulders. But you know what? He played in the World Junior Championship up in Canada. I don't know if anyone saw that USA versus Canada championship. At the Bell Centre, by the way, where the Montreal Canadiens play, that tournament up in Canada is just as big as the Stanley Cup playoffs, is just as big as the World Cup or the Olympics up in Canada. That's what they that's what they celebrate, it's what they watch, it's their only sport. He played on the biggest possible stage for a kid his age and was the MVP of the World Juniors Tournament and beat the Canadian team, who always beats the U.S. team right. in World Juniors, 4-3 in overtime, and he had his fingerprints all over that. He's played in the Bean Pot. He's played in, in the NCAA Tournament, Hockey East. He's been on big stages, as big as you can be on for a kid his age. So maybe, just maybe, he doesn't know enough about the NHL playoffs, so he's sort of cruising along, but I have a feeling... This kid just likes the spotlight. Sure. I mean, he could also, you're right, he could use that to his advantage, right? Because a lot of guys who are rookies that play in the regular season notice the difference, right? It's discernible to them, like, oh my God, now it's the playoffs. I see the intensity is a lot more. The, right? the lights are brighter. For this kid, he doesn't know what regular season hockey's like. No, he doesn't. This is his first no. taste of NHL hockey, happens to be in the playoffs. So for him, this is just hockey in right. the NHL. Right. And, and you know what? It's. It's really something to for a kid his age, obviously, to come into the NHL playoffs where the intensity gets ramped up tenfold, right, right from the get-go. And you could see it in game one. The intensity was so different from what we've seen in the regular season. You almost forget, because the Bruins haven't been here in two years, how much more intense it is. And this kid fit right in. 24-11 on ice is nothing to sneeze at. That kid was on the ice. He was all over the place. And he had his fingerprints, by the way, on the game-winning goal, which I'm going to take you guys through, but because if you look at the stat sheet, right, no shots on goal, uh, didn't have a point, mm-hmm. and was a plus one. So when you look at the stat sheet, you're going, well, what's the big deal? You know, what's a, why is everyone so high on this kid? It's the little things he does that contribute to a hockey team having su- success. It, yeah, and I was going to say, he's made for the moment. He, he really is, and I, I think it's great for the Bruins to add a piece like this kid. You know, he brings the in, uh, you know intangibles that doesn't show up in the box scores. Dave was you know talking about pure skater. You know, he's very aggressive, really um, tactic with passing. Um, he he definitely takes risks, but sometimes those risks are rewarding. So I, I think if he has that mindset, 
moving forward into the series, into these playoffs, I think uh, Cassidy has to use this to his, his advantage because he has such a young, smart skater. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make a lot of errors, as we've seen in the first game. We have to see you know, what comes up next. But I think if he plays straight, clean hockey, He's really got a promising future, not only this year, but moving forward yeah. for next year. The, the mentality that the Bruins can have almost is like when you get a midseason acquisition, it's like, oh, now we have this guy. He can sort of be a, a key cog in, in our system. Sure. Except they're getting that midseason acquisition after the season has ended and we're, we've already played game one of the playoffs. Right. And, and so you, you say, okay, Charlie McAvoy's probably not going to go anywhere if he duplicates his game one effort, uh, which I think in game one, uh, the one thing that I will say, you know, because it wasn't, uh, it, I, don't, I don't think that it was anything super crazy. You know, for a 19-year-old, absolutely crazy. But, uh, you know, overall, again, the stat sheet doesn't really show. And this kid's touted as a, a sort of an offensive defenseman. But I think the idea with him rolling him out there was make smart decisions, get your feet wet here, do what you do, play your game. Get acclimated. But, but, yeah. but make smart decisions. Focus a little more on that. Now I think in game two he's going to be unleashed just that much more, you know, because he had no shots on goal. I want to see some shots from this kid because he's, he's got a shot. He can shoot, and he, he's a great quarterback on the power play. Uh, when he went down to Providence – all the talk was he immediately went on to that power play and became the quarterback. Yeah, he did. You know, so and he made a couple great passes on the power play to Pasternak, who rang a post in the first period off of a Charlie McAvoy pass. So he could have had an assist on that had it gone in. But, uh, you know, it, little things like that, just having a little more confidence in the offense, as opposed to I, I think he was a little bit uh, tentative in terms of taking some of the risks that I saw him taking the World Juniors mm-hmm. or at BU, which is good. You don't want him taking all the risks you've seen him take at the lower levels because this is the NHL and people will make you pay. But I want to quickly go over the shift, the game-winning goal, because we just talked about how if you look at the stat sheet for him, nothing to write home about, no shots on goal, no points, but a plus one. So let me take you through the plus one real quick, guys, all right? Yeah. So this shift uh, starts at about 340, the 340 mark. The Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak combination comes out on offense. McAvoy and Chara get out there on D. Uh, Ottawa starts the breakout from their own end going down the left wing boards towards McAvoy, who starts going backwards a little bit, but then makes a quick step and a poke check to break up the breakout. All right? That's the first thing he does. He gets the puck back in his own end at about 320. He's skating through the neutral zone, creates the entry pass down his own left wing boards. So he gets the entry into the zone here on this shift that they ultimately end up scoring. That's at 320. Right. 30 sec- uh, 20 seconds later, at about 259, Ottawa has a chance to clear the puck down his side. Now he's on the other side of the ice, by the way. So he makes that pass, the entry pass down the left wing boards. Now he shifts to the right wing boards. There's an opportunity for Ottawa to clear. McAvoy pinches, which is ballsy for a 19-year-old. It was. He gets it stuck in his skates. Yep. But composed as ever, this kid gets it out of his own skates, puts it back down low with the stick. So he keeps it in once there. And then uh, exactly 10 seconds later, because I, I, I had to go back, watch this, and track the time. 10 seconds later, Ottawa has their second chance to clear the puck. Who else but McAvoy is there again, holding his ground at the blue line, because this wasn't along the boards. So, so when you, as a team, are breaking out along the boards, there's... A better ability for the defense to pinch. There's less room for you to skate out of your own end. Right. Yep. This was not necessarily along the boards. It was more towards the middle of the ice. Towards the middle. I remember Which this, yep. most defensemen, most pro defensemen, are going to start skating back. Yep. You know, get back on D because they're coming. 
This kid held it, held his ground. Another he, ballsy move. But it's because he's a scoring d- defender, right. too. So he's he got that, that offensive mentality. Right. So it's a risk, but when, you're, when you've got the ability to do it, right, you know, the composure and the hand-eye coordination to whack the puck back in, which is what he does Second at 1049, you, you go ahead and you take that risk. Yep. Especially now you're, you've been in the zone for about 40 seconds. All right? So now Ottawa's getting tired. Ottawa had two chances to clear the puck on this shift. Mm-hmm. McAvoy stopped both of them. McAvoy made the pinch on both. So without McAvoy, this goal never happens. That was at 2.49. He makes his second pinch, keeps the puck in, and at 2.33, you get the game winner off the stick of Brad Marchand. And that was a broken up play. Uh, the puck ended up moving back down low after McAvoy's pinch. It comes out to Brad Marchand, who makes a uh, pass over to Pasternak, who makes a pass over to Bergeron. His shot gets blocked, bounces over to Marchand, wide open net, game-winning goal. That goal never happens without Charlie McAvoy on the ice making those two pinches. Because in that whole 55-second shift that the Bruins had Ottawa hemmed in their own zone, which means tired legs for the Senators, a team who sucks in their own zone anyway, they cannot play defense once you get them hemmed in, they're tired and they're bad playing D in their own end. You make those two keeps, those are, those are two of the biggest plays of that game when you consider they end up ultimately scoring the game winner on that shift at 2.33 left in the third period. Right. And, and that's not even to mention that there's 2.33 left in a tie game in the NHL playoffs. I know. And this kid has the composure to do that. It, it, it unreal. Is, it is unreal. And I think, you know, going into game two, game three, I think Dave's, you know, hit the nail on the head when you're talking about steps. You know, you just don't jump to, you know, assumption in regards to, I'm going to dominate the puck. I'm going to dominate this game. You got to take steps. And then you get the total package as you go into the series and into the playoffs. And if he has moments like these that he brings to the table, the, the Bruins are in good, great shape because they have one of the guys that just does the it factor. And McAvoy is doing it right now. And I'm not saying he's doing everything correct, but he's doing everything that matters. Right. He, right. he, he was... So good, guys. I, I can't. I'm like a, no. I know, I'm like fawning over. Yeah, right here's the thing. I don't want. I don't want to fall. I don't want to fall. I got a chubby for Charlie. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. I don't want to fall in the trap though of putting too much pressure on this kid by no, by late. kind of fawning <laughs> over him too much. You know what I mean? No, but it is. It's too late because now he's the X factor of this series. It, it, it wasn't like anyone thought that going in, but he performs like that, and guess what? He's Without Carlo, who is a puck-moving defenseman, without Krug, who is a puck-moving defenseman, and now you're without Colin Miller, who is your third puck-moving defenseman. They had to call up Joe Morrow for today's game because Colin Miller's going to be out. You need this kid now. And it wasn't supposed to, it wasn't written like that, it wasn't planned like that, but now you need him. After you you see what he can do. It's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. But what did we just see? And it's not he a played, bad thing. He played 24-11 yeah. in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He was ready. He belonged. He was prepared for this moment. And he came through. And and, and doesn't it say more when you look at the fact that, as you've been saying all, uh, all show so far, Dave, that he hasn't really lit up the score sheet at all. He didn't no. put much on the stat sheet. And we're still fawning over him. Doesn't that say more? Absolutely. He did all the right things defensively that you didn't want him to make any defensive right. mistakes. He took enough risks. At the right moments. He made good decisions, which is what you want to see from a young player, is good decision-making over everything else. I would like to see today, uh, I want to see, he was a little trigger shy. You know, I, it was like he didn't want to necessarily shoot the puck. Shoot the puck. He's yeah. taken scoring chances away from guys who have been yeah, there. He doesn't want to step on any toes. But you know what? 
Do Sh- it. Shoot the puck because even if you miss the net or anything, you're going to make the defense step to you and obey the shot. You, you, gotta, you can't just be passing it off the Parsonak on the power play because they'll start defending it. So when you actually start pulling the trigger on those shots on the power play, then the defense has to defend it. They have to account for that shot. And, they, and, and it opens other things up on the ice, more it, passing opportunities and all that. I want to see him start earning respect from his opponent. I think that that's what Dave's talking about, is earn respect in regards to what talents you have. And if you have a rocket of a shot, they're gonna respect, they have to respect that. Absolutely. And if you're Ottawa, you're probably coming at that kid a lot today. Oh, yeah. What do you got, kid? Because we're not going to be put down by a 19-year-old who just played his first game in the NHL and everyone's going crazy over him. If you're the Senators, you're probably attacking Charlie McAvoy's side of the ice a hell of a lot today. Let's see what you're made of. 603-883-9900. When we come back from this quick break, we'll discuss the other team that plays at the Garden. The Boston Celtics will kick off their postseason tomorrow against the Chicago Bulls. We'll talk about that next on the Sports Blast ESPN New Hampshire.